Welcome to this sixth edition of the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. And I am down in Phoenix in the heat, 115 degrees today. Julie is back in very cool Denver, though I understand it was, what, uh, 98 yesterday and broke a record? It was smoking hot. I think it was 98 yesterday. I think it's a little a little less today. Um, yeah, but it's it's hot. It's not as hot as it is in Arizona. Um, did you go jogging yesterday? In I the did. Heat? I did. How'd that go? It went well. It went well. I'm still here, right? I bring yeah. water, and yeah. it doesn't it uh, um it doesn't bother me that much. I think it was 108 yesterday, and uh, I actually I just finished working out today. So um, that's just I, dumb. I know I'm dumb. <laughs> I'm def- I, I know I'm dumb. I've been called that. People look at me strangely because I'll do it in the middle of the day too. But uh-huh. uh, I prefer running in the dry heat to where it's 98 like in st louis coming up and 100 percent humidity but um, that's that sounds terrible hey drink uh, speak of drinking of something i was watching last night's game so we're taping this on tuesday i was watching last night's game and you guys drank some coffee on the air and i didn't Cuba, get to hear the cuban coffee which that's so strong so what happened for the rest of the broadcast because i i couldn't watch the whole broadcast but i was wondering if you guys were like um on Speed, basically. Um, I only drank, uh, I drank a little bit of it. It actually surprised me because I don't drink black coffee and that's really dark and and really strong as you were talking about. Uh, it tasted a little bit like a mocha and I like mochas. So I was having some of it, but it got really sweet and you could tell it was powerful. Corey Sullivan's uh, <laughs> doing these games right now, a couple of games, uh-huh. and um, he he was afraid to drink it. He said, if I drink this stuff, then I will never shut up. So... <laughs> He stopped drinking it. I drank a little bit. It tasted really good. Um, it's probably the closest um, I will be to taking speed anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that was interesting. The end of the game, not so interesting. Uh, obviously, the bullpen had a, a struggle again. And I wonder, we've talked about Buddy Black before. That guy's demeanor is kind of cool, you know, cool as a cat. Is it starting to waver at all? I, I saw something in the paper the other day about how when he was a player, he got really upset at a heckler and wanted to track down the heckler, decided better of it. But basically, the article kind of talked about how he's kind of he deals with his emotions now and, and he's better at dealing with it now as a manager than he was as a player. Well, that story is actually in my book. Uh, if these walls could talk, stories from the Colorado Rockies, you know, dugout, locker room, press box that I that I did with Benjamin Hockman. Uh, there's a free plug. Uh, exactly. But that that story was from his rookie year with Kansas City, and he said he was a hothead and he was getting heckled, and he got so angry he went into the clubhouse and he asked the clubby for the phone number upstairs to the ticket office because he wanted to talk to the ticket office to find out who was sitting in that seat. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's probably taking it even further. And at some point in time, Buddy being pretty sharp dude, realized he was off his rocker. That would not be a good idea. And he calmed down and he never called, uh, you know, and tried to find out who the fan was. But uh, I think that Sports in general and baseball in particular can drive you to drink loaded Cuban coffee <laughs> um, frequently. Last night, Chichi Gonzalez has a no hitter going into the sixth inning. He pitches yeah. a beautiful game, somewhat unexpected. I mean, Chichi 
is a guy that's battled hard to get back to the big leagues, and he has a marvelous uh, five-plus innings. Uh, the Rockies have a lead, then he gives up a two-run home run, then they tie it up, and unfortunately, Wade Davis is in a pitching slump, and it has been a prolonged one, especially at home. On the road, he'd been very good, and he gives up three runs, and yeah, it's frustrating, mo- most notably for Wade. It's frustrating for for fans. It's frustrating for Buddy. And then you have to stand up in front of the media. Julia, you've been in a million of these press conferences after. You're never going to throw somebody under the bus. Um, as deep as he'll go or as critical as he'll go is he'll say something along the lines of, you know, Wade hung, hung a curveball and he'd probably like to have that pitch back. You know what I worry a little bit about Wade is that, like you said, the splits are crazy that, you know, not not great at home on the road. Very, very good. I hope that what happened last night doesn't get he doesn't think about that too much, you know, where he says, oh, my gosh, now it's it's coming on the road where I had been so good before. But clearly, Wade Davis is not going to look back with fond memories of this season, nor Jake McGee. No, it's been a it's been a tough year for Wade. He set the all-time saves record last year for the Rockies. No guy's going to be perfect. Um, last year, by and large, he was really, really good. He had a rough uh, period for a couple of weeks, but straightened it out. This year, uh, he, he wasn't needed a lot early. It seemed like most of the games the Rockies won early were in blowout fashion, if you recall. And at home, he's had a disastrous year, and now it, it it jumped on him a little bit on the road yesterday, not in a little way, in a big way yesterday. So the only way you can get better, the only way you can restore your confidence is to go back out there. But if your buddy, you can't put him out there in the ninth inning. He'd been removed from that job. The mm-hmm. new ninth inning guy was Scott Oberg. He's out for the season. The Rockies placed him on the 60-day uh, injured list because of the the blood clots. He's going to be fine, but he's not going to pitch anymore this year. So they're probably going to utilize a Carlos Estevez, maybe on occasion a Jairo Diaz in that role. And in a lesser role, you hope Wade Davis can get aggressive again, um, lower his walk rate, and, and find success to get the confidence back. There's There's no other way around it. So I wonder if you ask Wade Davis, is the ball juiced? He might say, just because of the season he's having, yes. That's that's a conversation you and I, we've kind of t- touched on it a little bit, but we really haven't dove deep into it. And I saw that, uh, I think it's Washington State, they're doing a study, and they're just about to release the findings of the study, which Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred is going to come out and, and talk about. What do you think the findings of that study are going to be? Well, we, we've already heard that the ball has um, less drag on it, right? Mm-hmm. Less drag. So the ball is flying farther. Now, there hasn't been any, uh, you know, surreptitious um, notes found that said, yeah, Major League Baseball's behind this. It just may be this batch of baseballs um, flies better. I don't know. But my que- I'm going to ask you a question. Why is this bad? Everybody's talking about, and there have been so many uh, people writing about the home runs this year, and and they're going to shatter the record, and there's 24 teams that are going to hit more than 200 home runs. Five years ago, only one team hit 200 home runs. I've never been anywhere around a baseball fan who said, too many home runs, I hate it. Oh, man, (laughs) boy, that ball clicked off the top of the upper deck. That stinks. I don't like seeing that. I'd rather see a worm burner to third. Come on. 
Why is that so bad? I'll tell you what's bad, the number of strikeouts. You want to see the ball in play more. Now, in concert with the home runs, we've seen far more strikeouts. But if it's purely about the home run and the flight of the baseball, I I I find home runs to be exciting. Well, I think people love conspiracy theories, and I think that there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a conspiracy theory here on Major League Baseball having something to do with this to make the game more entertaining. I think that's why. And then you've got pitchers complaining about the ball being juice, right? I mean, there's there's players in Major League Baseball that are that are talking about it, and so I think that that's why. I don't. I think you bring up a good point that it's not necessarily bad because I think I think most people like a fourteen to twelve game more than a one to nothing game. I'm the other side of that. I like the one to nothing, but I do think it's a conspiracy theory about Major League Baseball having a hand in it. Don't you? I mean, that's really the story, right? That's that's part of it. But you do hear people talking about how frequently the ball's flying out of the ballpark. I think the bigger concern is and and. And I think this is a trend and it'll come back a little bit. You may still see high home run rates, but you're going to see the ball in play more because Major League Baseball will have a team that's really successful that values getting on base. And in fact, the Boston Red Sox a year ago, good at that. The Houston Astros, good at that. The Los Angeles Dodgers, high walk rate, high on base percentage, a lot of home runs, good at that. So getting the ball in play is important. Swinging at strikes is important. Um, the problem has been the high strikeout rate for me, not the high home run rate. I'm with you, Julie. Last night, uh, and again, we're taping on Tuesday. Last night, Chichi Gonzalez pitched really well. Uh, Zach Gallen pitched very well. He, he dealt with some more traffic, and the Rockies couldn't get the big hit. But he pitched pretty well also for Arizona. That was an entertaining game. You know, there there can be great drama in a one nothing, two to one, three to two affair. So I'm with you on that. Um, I I don't want to see baseball go back, at least from Colorado's standpoint, to where it was the mid '90s and every game was 13 to 11. But home runs are fun. It was fun over the weekend when the Rockies hit 10 home runs against the Miami Marlins. They had a walk-off home run from Nolan. That was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was winning four in a row. It reminded you how much, how fun baseball can be, and we haven't seen that in a while. Hey, speaking of pitching, coming up after the break, we are going to have part two of your interview with Kyle Freeland. We had part one in last week's uh, podcast episode. We'll do part two. That's coming up next. We'll be back. I want to tell you again about my good friends at Ideal Home Loans. I've been involved with them for the last several years. They're outstanding at what they do. Consolidating debt. If you're looking for a new home or refinancing of your current home, they are the place to go. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. I've known Brent Ivinson for a number of years. He's outstanding at what he does. He opened this business in 2001. Their employees are salary-based lending specialists. You're not going to get the hard sell, the oversell. They're there to help you. You're going to sit down with them. They're going to find the best avenue for your particular situation. Give them a call. They're really wonderful. 303-867-7000. It's Ideal Home Loans. 303-867-7000. They're the preferred mortgage provider of the Colorado Rockies.
And speaking of ideal home loans, they bring to us part two of our interview with Kyle Freeland. Yeah. Um, you know, when Bud told me that I'd be breaking with the team and that I'd be the home opener starter for the 2017 season, I remember checking out the schedule and seeing who we were playing. Of course, it's the Dodgers. Uh, of course, it's a home opener. Of course, it's going to be a sellout crowd. Opening day in Colorado, like you know, is is a huge deal. It's it's almost a holiday. Absolutely, it's a holiday. And and I just remember, like, this is either going to go really good or this is going to go really bad. Um, obviously, I had no experience in the in the league yet. Only had a handful of big league spring training starts under my belt, and you know, spring training games are nothing compared to a, an actual big league game that counts. And the first inning, I get two quick outs. Like, okay, like, you know, get in this groove, you know, get get going and then walk a guy, give up a base hit, walk another guy. Next thing I know, bases are loaded. I'm like, God, I'm like, here we go. Like, this is like someone's I'm, – I'm going to throw a pitch and it's going to get whacked in the first inning. I'm going to give up four runs. I'm going to give up a grand slam in my first outing. End up, end up getting getting him to roll over to uh, Story, get out of the inning. And I remember walking off the mound. I put my jersey over my mouth and I just – let out a big exhale and I go, holy shit, that's what that feels like. And it, it was just kind of a weight off the shoulders. It's like I got through my first inning. There were no runs. Grooved a little bit, had, had to grind a little bit, but that's what that feels like. I kind of got all those emotions of, you know, happiness, grinding, frustration, all those emotions kind of got them out of, out of the way in, in the first inning. I was able to relax and just go out there after that and do my thing. Did you relax? I mean, did you have butterflies still in the second, third, fourth inning, or did it kind of dissipate? Now you're just competing. No, for me, they're gone now. Now my butterflies, you know, starts. Um, they're gone usually after the, after the first hitter. Um, but but that that day was different. I mean, it, they were they were gone after the first inning. The, the whole inning, I was I was nervous. I mean, Bud told me when in his debut, his knees were shaking on the mound. He couldn't keep them still. I, I didn't have any of that, but I, I definitely had butterflies in my stomach. I was I was nervous. I was excited. I was happy. I couldn't believe that this was happening to me. And uh, but once once I got that third out, got out of the inning, no runs. It was breath of fresh air, and, and all that went out the window, and I was calm. What did you draw upon in the postseason of 2018 at Wrigley Field? Because hey, that's new too, and as great a year as you had a year ago, and now you know you're a little more seasoned. What did you draw upon? I I tried to keep my mentality exactly the same as it had been the entire season. I I kept telling myself this is just another start. There's no reason to put any more pressure on yourself. Uh, those guys are in the same boat as us. They got to the field the same way we did. They put their pants on the same way we do. They're they're men over there, just like we're men over here. There's there's no reason to put any extra pressure on yourself. And I, I just tried, you know, taking that into the game and using that as as my guideline, never to do too much just because it's a wild card game. It's a one and done. Do you know, go home or or move on, and just keep my mentality as even keeled as I possibly could, and. Doing doing my thing out of the mound is what kind of kept me in that zone. How proud are you of what you accomplished in 2018? Um, you know, after the season that I've been having this year, um, it's kind of made me realize how how special it really was. I, kn- I knew it was special last year, um, just from you know looking at the numbers, looking at the consistency, you know, my name up up with the with the other guys and Cy Young guys who have put up numbers here at Cruz Field for pitching. 
I knew it was special, but you know, after this year, the the grind that I've been through, the extreme lows and, and the and the small highs, it's made me really realize how how special of a season that was. And uh, I think it's a good benchmark for me to strive for, um, not try to pitch to, but a, a good benchmark to you know let yourself know this is possible. You can you can do this. The game is humbling. Everybody who's played it at any level realizes that, uh, you know, right around the corner, whether it's a, a position player, it's there's an 0 for 15. As a pitcher, there's, man, I don't feel I can get anybody out. You have, as you alluded to, gone through some struggles this year. When you look forward to keep your level of confidence, do you draw upon everything you accomplished in 2018? What, what gets you going and keeps you sharp knowing that, hey, I can still be elite. I'm a young guy. Yeah, um, de- I definitely draw from last season. Um, video highlights, you know, that feeling of success. But you know, what what really drives me is is having that successful feeling of winning for my team, our team winning multiple games, getting on that roll of win streaks, and you know, having fun playing playing the game light, and and truly enjoying being out on the field and competing with your teammates, and and having that you know. That, that real pure feeling of, of nothing but success and not driven by money, not driven by stats, just uh, just pure success, winning that game that night, moving on to the next day, knowing that you're going to come in the clubhouse and kick someone's ass. You feel like you're close? Getting there, yeah. Um, confidence is much better. Uh, things are starting to move in the, in the direction I want them. I'm feeling the things that I want to feel in, in the correct way, and, and I know when I – when I don't do them correctly and, and I'm able to adjust. Um, there's a time there where I didn't know what I was trying to feel, what I was trying to adjust, what I was trying to fix. And it, and it was just a struggle. And it, it took a lot longer than I wanted to, to make the adjustment. Um, but that happens sometimes. Some guys can fix it within one start. Some guys, you know, like I went through, it took me a couple months. You know, free this game is is as we've talked about such a tough game and last year the last couple of years you guys had a lot of success your postseason team team that you know has a chance to play in october in a sport where it's difficult to get to october this year has been a rough ride i i think one of the things this team misses is the personality you can't keep everybody but the personality of cargo you know where i'm going with there's a personality of para in the dog days of the summer i mean you play so many games i've always looked upon you as a guy that has that fiery competitiveness is very well respected uh, upstairs in that clubhouse yet you're a starting pitcher do you say i can be that guy because it comes naturally or do you say hey i want to stay in my lane um a little bit of both obviously you know you gotta you gotta realize uh the position that you're in um, who you are, where you're at career-wise, everything like that. But, yeah, I mean, like you stated, Cargo and Par, those are two guys that you could be on a 10-game skid and they act like, you know, we just won 10 in a row. They're, they're, kind, they're kind of personalities that everything that comes out of their mouth is, is funny, and but at the same time you can learn from it. Um, I don't think I'll ever be at the level that they're at with, with that, but um, I try to do my best to – to keep things light, uh, keep things keep things fun, you know, kind of help remind everyone that hey, you know, this game is fun. Whether it's you know in the dugout saying stuff, cheering your teammates on, you know, clowning clowning around the clubhouse, whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, the guys like that are, are are very important. So I'm just trying to do my part as much as I can with that. Um, but Cargo and Par, those are uh, two unreplaceable guys. 
do you still pinch yourself and say, I am playing Major League Baseball for the team that I watched as a little boy, 15 minutes, as we talked about, from where you grew up, and every day that you come into work, Coors Field is now your office. Do you still like, oh, wait a second, what's going on here? Am I in a dream? All, all the time. It's it's a beautiful thing. It's it's extremely humbling. It's it's a rare opportunity that not many guys, you know, get to do, and, and only some of them get to do later in their career where, you know, trade deadline comes or off-season trade where they, they get to go to their, their hometown team, and some guys don't even have a hometown team. Um, I know how rare it is to be drafted by my hometown team in the first round with their first pick, come through their system in somewhat of a quick fashion and get to do the things that I've been able to do being from this city that I grew up in, growing up, grew up watching this team through their highs and lows. It's, it's an incredible thing. So I, yeah, I got to pinch myself all the time to, to let myself know like this, this is real. This isn't, uh, you're not going to wake up one day and realize that, you know, you're still in college or you're still in the minor leagues with some other team. Hey, well put. Continued success. Stay well, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, we want to thank Ideal Home Loans for bringing us part two, the Kyle Freeland interview. Loved parts one and two. And you know what? I really enjoyed that part of it because I was there actually sitting kind of close to Kyle Freeland's family when um, when he made his debut at Coors Field. And it was just so cool to turn around and see everything that he did, turn around and see his family that was so happy. It was just it was an awesome moment that I think every Rockies fan will remember. That was remarkable on so many levels. Opening day is always remarkable. And to see a young man come out and make his major league debut in his hometown against one of the great teams in the sport, the pressure had to be monumental. And you really got a peak, kind of a foreshadowing of what was to come with Kyle Freeland. It's also, Julie, why I'm I'm convinced that he will work his way through what has been a rough 2019 and emerge on the other side and, again, be a very strong front-of-the-rotation pitcher. I agree. I think we all think that uh, Kyle Freeland has stones, right? And I don't need to say any more about that. Hey, it's time. Let's play a game. You ready to play a game? Have a little fun? Not that this hasn't been a ton of fun, Drew, but we're going to up the level here. We're going to play a little word association, okay? First thing you think of mm-hmm. when I say Emmanuel Sanders. Achilles tendon. And I saw him yesterday, and I was impressed <laughs> with how he ran around. So I, I also thought about, wow, science, medical science is awesome that a guy can tear his Achilles attend, uh, tendon. They sew it back up. He rehabs for the better part of a year, and now he's running routes again in the NFL and seemingly looks like the guy we last saw. So that's what I think about when I think of Emmanuel Sanders. I also think, because I'm now getting a, a little bit deeper into this, they need him as good as he was last year and the, and the previous year. They need him to be really, really good again this year in concert with Cortland Sutton. And if Garrett Bowles hadn't had that holding call, that actually that play actually would have counted. All right, Rame Tapia. Getting better. Getting better in all areas. He has better plate discipline. He's getting more playing time, probably because of the injury to David Dahl. I think he's cleaned up his routes in the outfield. Um, he made a great catch last night against Arizona. I, I think he's getting better and better. 
And um, I think he has uh, a fairly high ceiling. It's been fun to watch him evolve this year. Dinger. A dinger is a big purple creature mascot that little children like. And that's a good thing. Little children love dinger, by the way. Um, Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Climbing gyms. I bring this up because I just found out that it's Global Climbing Day this Saturday. So there's about 15 gyms in the Denver area that you can go climb for free. Just a little plug there, but climbing gyms. Climbing. It's fun. I think, you know, I think everybody, it's a great bonding experience to go climbing together. Um, As a family. No, I don't. I'm making stuff up right now. But I tell you what I did (laughs) do. Um, What? my wife set this up a few years ago. It what are those? Um, oh, there. It, it's kind of like a it, not only a trust thing, but it's um, what are those things where you you do? Oh, ropes courses, right? Ropes courses. Uh-huh. We did a ropes course as a family, and I'll tell you uh-huh. what that you talk about getting out of your comfort zone because I'm not big on heights. <laughs> And, uh-huh. you know, you're up there 20 feet off the ground, 30 feet off the ground, and you're and you're strapped in it, but it's still uncomfortable. The most uncomfortable one was climbing up like this telephone pole. Then you had to stand on top of it, turn around, and then leap forward, you know, toward a, um, a swing. And, even, mm-hmm. and if you miss the swing, I mean, you, you're caught because you're harnessed in. And even though you mm-hmm. know you're going to be fine, it mm-hmm. I'm shaking as I'm climbing up that thing and then turning <laughs> around on the top of the telephone pole. It was so out of my element, but I suppose ultimately good for you. But I'm, no, I'm not into climbing, but I'm glad that it's National Climbing Day tomorrow or whatever. <laughs> okay. Bradley Chubb. Thrilled about that. Uh, Bradley Chubb, uh, for the Broncos to be competitive this year, it's going to start up front with Miller and Chubb, and if they can continue to pressure quarterbacks and be good on the back end, they'll have a chance to be competitive in most games. I think this defense has to lead the way, and therefore Bradley Chubb in year two is going to be a big part of that. Finally, last one, daily horoscopes. I have not looked at my at my I'm an Aries. I know that much. I've not looked at my horoscope. And I think people who know me would be horrified. How about that? If they heard that I did look at a horoscope because it is kind of not me. Okay. You're an Aries. I've got your horoscope. I don't I, I have no idea. I've got I've got your I've got what your horoscope today. Okay, you tell me if this is what your day is like. This is the second day with the moon in your sign, although this can make you more emotional than usual. When the moon is your sign, it makes you a bit luckier than all 11 signs bonus. So basically you're a little moody today, but you're going to get lucky or no, no, you're having, never mind. You're, you're having a well, lucky excuse day. Excuse me. Well, that's good news. <laughs> I'm pleased to hear that. I better, I, I should start reading my horoscope more frequently. You're just going to get, Which, but, yeah, where I'm are you reading that there. horoscope out of? Is that like out of Playboy? I think I read it wrong. I think I, you're just, just that. Uh, there something, you go. something tells me you did unless <laughs> it says it makes yeah. you a bit luckier than all so I'm moody. I'm, mo- I'm moody today, but I'm going to get lucky. Yeah. That's not a terror. That's not a, a- <laughs> I'm going to let you rephrase that. You're going to have a I'm lucky let day. You try again. You're going to have luck today. I'm going to have a lucky day. You're going to have a lucky I'm day. I'm going to have luck today, but I'm moody. 
Yes. I'm going to, that is the end. Boy, that is how we're going to end. That was awesome. Episode number six. Drew, have a, wa- uh, my, with my horoscope, <laughs> right. Your horoscope. Have a wonderful time uh, in Arizona. Then you're off to St. Louis. We hope that the Rockies can get back on track and get back to, you know what? That was a, I know it was a, we haven't seen a lot of these, but that poor game winning streak reminded you how much fun it is when this team is winning. So we'll see if they can do it on this road trip. The heat tour will continue. You bet. Sounds good. Julie, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. Remember, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And remember, check out our website at thedrewgoodmanpodcast.com.